0: What do you think of when you think of the church? Especially when you think of the church on God's mission, what comes to your mind and what kinds of images or words do you capture, you know, come to the front of your mind and capture your thoughts? What you've just seen is a video that Knox County Association of Baptists is hoping can start to penetrate the hearts and the minds of churches all across our county and even beyond to help us begin to think and view The church, perhaps in a different light than we have. You see, many times we think about the church as a building or a structure or a monument. When in actuality, Scripture speaks about the church being a people. God's people who are called out, who are sent to be on God's mission. So when we begin to think about that, do we think of A building that's somewhat of a monument? Or do we think of a people who are called to be missionaries? As I was hearing Pastor Dan share with you how it was his heart's desire to be the one to go. And God said, no, you're going to be the one to send. I sat there and identified so closely with his story because there were many times when I would come home from seminary classes or even early in my ministry thinking, God, I I know you're calling me to be a missionary. And and I have all of these places that I would love to go for you, all of these exotic places and places all over the world. And I would come home and I could just see kind of the fear in Kim's eyes. And even recently, as a pastor, even though my wife has been so supportive of allowing me to go anywhere in the world, I can always see it when I come home. She's got this look in her eyes like, oh no, are we moving there? Because I don't know that God's ever put that call in her heart that way. And so I identified with my pastor when he said, I was like, but God, I want to be the one to go. And I was too. God's perfect plan in so many ways, what I understand now more fully than I perhaps have ever understood before is that that's exactly what God's called me to do right now today, is to be a missionary, but to be a missionary to his church, so that God's church can become the missionary he's called us to be. And so when we begin to think about that, we think, well, what would it look like for the church to be on mission? What would it look like for us to be able to move from just being buildings that are monuments to truly being people who are missionaries? Ecclesia Missio Dei. The church on God's mission. And how do we do that in such a way that we do it with some sense of discernment so that we don't fall into the temptation to just follow the next fad or the next trend. But to truly be on God's mission with discernment so that we become the very church He's called us to be. How does that happen for us? As I have studied through the book of Acts and have loved doing that to follow the church that was on God's mission and really getting the gospel to all of the parts of the, of the world early on. I've been intrigued by one particular uh, account that's recorded for us in the book of Acts. It's in Acts chapters 10 and 11. And if you look in those two chapters, what you'll find is a progression in the church being on God's mission to where God calls Peter to go to a man whom he normally would not go to to a place that he would normally not go. And he gets him prepared for this by giving him a, a vision. He's, he's, Peter has this vision, and God in this vision lowers down this sheet, and in this sheet are all kinds of animals. And the God says to Peter, now go and eat. And Peter says, I, I can't eat those animals. That's, that's not who we are. That's forbidden in my religion to eat those animals. He says, no, everything that I've made for you is clean. Go and eat. And in doing that, God was laying a foundation, you see, for Peter to be able to go to a man named Cornelius. A man to whom previously his religion would not allow him to go to. And to share with him the gospel in a way that would take the church to the next level of the missionary journey that God had them on to get the gospel To all nations. And as he gives him this vision, some things began to unfold before Peter and before others in the church that probably would need to unfold for us today if we're truly thinking about how do we become the church on God's mission? How do we do it in a way with some discernment that we know that it's God who's leading us to go? And that when God's leading us to go, we discern by the power of His Holy Spirit how and where and when and with whom and all of those things to make sure that it's a part of what God's wanting to do to get the gospel to all the nations. Whether it's right here in Knoxville or whether it's some other part of the world that you can't even imagine. As we begin to see this story unfold, we find some things that that will happen in Peter's life and in his interaction with Cornelius that give us some great guidelines ourselves to exercise this type of discernment in being God's people On God's mission. And as we begin to look at it, one of the things that we will see is that as God was leading Peter to this next step in his journey, he was beginning to unfold from him an opportunity to examine his beliefs and his values. How important is that for us as the church today if we're going to discern where God would have us on his mission, to be able to examine our beliefs and our values closely? In those two chapters, Acts 10 and 11, in Acts chapter 10, we begin to see how it unfolds for him where God's challenging Peter to take a look at what he believes. In Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 9, when we pick up the story, this is what God's revealing to him. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And the voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. God's helping Peter come to a place in his life to understand, look, I know that you have not done it like this before. I know that up until now, this has not been a part of your understanding and your beliefs and your values. But what I'm sharing with you is this vision that I want you to know that This gospel must get to all the nations. And so Peter, I'm bringing you heart to heart, face to face, with what you say you believe. And help open up for you this idea and this understanding that what God has created is is something that we are to value. As they began to look at that, one of the things that, that Peter was being challenged to do that moment was to say, you know, I I can't eat anything that's unclean. See, God was laying that for him because Peter also had an understanding that the gospel was exclusively for the Jewish people, those who practiced the Jewish laws and, and practices and customs of their religion. And God was getting ready to take this gospel to people other than the Jews, and he had to open up their understanding of what the gospel was all about. So he brought them back to the point of their belief. See, as a God does that for us, as we look to be God's church on God's mission, it would be important for us to begin to re-examine what we believe about the gospel. What do we believe truly about God's mission being one of reconciliation? In 2 Corinthians chapter five, verses sixteen through twenty-one. Paul would give us this beautiful understanding of what it is to understand that God's mission is one of reconciling all things unto himself. And Paul would write these words to the church in Corinth, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. See, Peter looked at people other than the Jewish people in, the, in a fleshly perspective. And he says, Now, because of Christ, we don't see anyone the way that we once saw them. He's putting before them this understanding and this belief that God's God's mission is for His church to be ambassadors with Him. We are given a ministry of reconciling things to God through Jesus Christ. We share in that ministry of reconciliation. And that has to be a part of our deep-held central beliefs because we believe that in this we are being reconciled to God through Christ. And as a result of that, then that means that we are to go. We're to go and proclaim this gospel. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus would say to his disciples just before he was preparing to leave them, he would come to them and he would say to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go. Therefore, literally, as you are going, make disciples of all nations. Do you see how that was becoming real for Peter at that moment? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all of the things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. As the disciples would wait after the resurrection, for Christ to come to them again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, as this entire missionary journey of the church began, he would say this to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And as he's preparing them for this mission, he's sharing with them, go back to what you believe. Do you truly believe that we have been given a ministry of reconciliation and that the only way that that reconciliation is possible is for God to reconcile all of the nations back to Himself through Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Peter was being challenged with that. And he would go and he would put forth then in this message that very Gospel. Gospel. If we look on down in Acts chapter 10, we move on down to verse 34, this is what Peter would proclaim in the gospel message that he shared with them. So Peter opened his mouth and he said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. He's going back now, he's saying, I'm getting this. I'm getting the message, God. There's no partiality here, it's for all the nations. God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. See, what's taking place here is God said to Peter, go back and examine what you believe. You've seen as a witness That Jesus died upon the cross, was buried, and was raised to life for the forgiveness of sin, that all nations might have the opportunity to be reconciled to God through Christ. Go back and examine what you believe, and it will take you and allow you to go to people and to places that you never thought possible. But in that we also then have to compare that with what we value. Because you see, this morning, many of us would say, oh, we truly believe that too. We believe that that's the gospel message. We believe that we're commanded to go. But when we begin to put that with what we value, sometimes they work in contradiction with one another. Because so many of us, we, we live in, in a society today that tells us to value the things that make our life comfortable and to make our life easy, and to make our life stable, and to make our life risk-free. And we begin to value these things that begin to take precedent over what we say we believe. We say we believe that this is the gospel message. We say that we believe as the church we're to go and be God's church on God's mission, and yet we become a people who value our buildings, our programs, more than we do our purpose. It's so easy for it to happen. It's so easy for us to even begin with the right intentions, but because we we value this lifestyle of comfort and this lifestyle of being with other people who are like us, we drift back away from living out what we say we believe. We start with great intentions, but we just fall back. I was talking with a pastor of a church, a large church in the in the middle part of our state, not too long ago, and he was sharing with me his heart for his people to be be back on mission, to be back on on god 's mission that he had for them and He said, "You know, we, we started with some of the best intentions He said we began to grow and, and we began to add to our buildings and we We added on a a great family life center that was filled with racquetball courts and basketball courts and workout facilities with weight rooms. And then we added this really nice coffee shop that would rival any Starbucks that people would pass by on their way to work. And the idea was that our church members would bring their lost friends with them and have a cup of coffee and a muffin on the way to work. Or they would bring their lost friends with them to play basketball or work out. And we would use this as a way for God's people to go. But he said, over time, we've watched it. And what we have become is a health club and a coffee shop for just the people of our church. We started with good intentions based upon what we believe, but we fell back into the lifestyle habits that we truly value. You see, where to go? We're to be God's church on mission, to go and to go with the discernment of saying, God, this is what I truly believe, that that this is the Gospel, and I'm supposed to go to all the nations. But we end up just getting comfortable inside our buildings that have become monuments rather than being the people to be missionaries. Just this week I heard Ed Stetzer at a conference that I attended in Florida and he reminded me of something that's been on my heart for a long time. Stetzer said, God did not put me in my neighborhood to wave at my neighbors on my way to church. How many times do I do that? Just wave at my neighbors on my way to the building. Instead of going next door to be God's church on mission as a missionary to them. I think if we're going to be the the church on God's mission, we have to examine our beliefs and we have to examine our values. But to be the church on God's mission, we also then have to begin to align our behaviors and our actions with those beliefs and values. We have to begin to see those align together. If we go back to Acts chapter 10, we go back to verse 23, we see what happened right after Peter got this vision that he was supposed to go to Cornelius. And so in 23 it says that on the next day he rose and he went away with them and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. so now I ask, why did you sin for me? You see, what began to happen is Peter said, you know, I, I understood that this was my beliefs and God was saying, I want you to go to Cornelius. And so I had to align my behaviors and my actions with exactly what God had led me to believe and I had to go. And it's kind of funny if you think about it. Peter goes into the house and he's looking at all the people that are gathered and he says, it's basically not a very hospitable thing to do because he walks into the house as they've received him in and he looks at him and says, you really know that, I'm not supposed to be here. You really know that it's really not even lawful for me to be in your house. That's not a really good introduction, is it? Kind of moved by the small talk right to the point. But he went on and said this, you know, it's, y'all understand, you do understand what it means for me to be in your house. But here's the thing, God said to go and he showed me why I'm supposed to go. And so I went, I'm here. See, that's the kind of discernment that we need in being God's church on mission, that when, when God reveals to us, this is what we believe. We value the people to whom we are to go. And so now we must put our behaviors and our actions in line with that and go. Because God says to go. See, so many times we try to get to that point and our, our actions just Don't line up with our thoughts. Because it can be real hard to change people's actions. It can be real hard to get them to think differently and then to act differently as a result. I read a story about a corporate CEO who was tired of the people in his company just kind of going through the motions. He said, you know, we're just in a rut. We're we're not even really going about the purpose of the company any longer. We're just kind of going through the motions and the routine every day. He said, I've got to find something to to break my people out of this rut. I've got to find something to get them to think differently today so that they can get back on purpose and start to act differently. So he came up with this idea. He says, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do something to encourage them to, to think creatively, to think differently about who we are as a company. And so what he did is he had this great idea. He would take this sign. He had these signs made up that just simply had the word think. That's all it said was think. And he went into all of the men's and the women's restrooms and right above the sinks, he just put that sign, Think. His idea was that as people would wash their hands before they'd go back to work, they'd look at that sign and they would begin to think, you know, who are we? Why are we here? He left those up for about a week and and he thought, well, I'm going to go and check on things. And so he began to make his way through the corporate office building and he goes into the bathroom and all of a sudden it realized that maybe his efforts had not been realized. Because he walks up to the sink, and sure enough, right above the sink was this word think. But as he reached over for the soap dispenser, above the soap dispenser was the word thope. (laughs) Sometimes even our best efforts to get our behaviors to change can be very difficult. Because we get locked into a a rhythm. We get locked into a a rut or a lifestyle. And to change our behaviors to actually align with our beliefs can be so hard. You know, as we look at the church on God's mission today, we have to begin to rethink how we do it even here in, in, in Knoxville. We have to rethink how we do it in Knoxville and how we do it in places across the world. See, We have become so accustomed to just coming in and and putting forth a belief system and say, this is what you're supposed to believe. And if you will believe this, then your behavior will change. And sadly, as the church, too often we've said, if you believe this, your behavior will change and we'll let you belong. We have to rethink that. And we have to understand that God is calling us to a people to help them realize that they're valued, that they belong. And once we get that relationship with them to help them understand that they're valued and that they belong, we can share our belief. And when we share the belief, then the behavior changes. We, we, we've said, we want you to believe this, and if you believe this, and then if your behavior changes, then you belong. No, we have to go and say, you know what, we love you, you're valued, you belong, you're a creation of God, and because you are, let me share with you this belief, and then watch their behaviors change. You see, that's exactly the approach that we try to take and that so many of you are involved in in the ministries, right even within Knox County Association of Baptists going over to places like Camp Bayoka and to Montgomery Village and to Western Heights and, and, you know, and you're going over and you're loving on people. And you're loving on them and you're saying, you belong, you're a valued creation of God. And, and you're using that opportunity and building that relationship to help share your beliefs. And as you're sharing your beliefs with them, then you've even seen some of the behaviors change. And it's effective. It's an effective missionary process approach for the church to be on God's mission. and So many of you are involved in Montgomery Village and one of the things that you'd be encouraged to know is as you've gone and you've done that, you've, you've helped provide over, over 7,800 food boxes to hungry people in that community. And through that, you've been able to help feed over 1,250 meals to families that don't have enough food su- su- sustenance for each day. But as you've done that, as you've said, you know what, you're valued, you belong, we care about you, you've shared your beliefs. And you know what's happened? Just this past year alone, we've seen 41 people in that Montgomery Village community alone come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Yeah, give it up, absolutely. It's wonderful. And it's because you said, you belong. And here's what we believe. See, that's the church saying we're going to align our behaviors with our beliefs. And when we do that, then things begin to change. And and then we begin to see how important it is then for the church who wants to be on God's mission to be able to influence others to come along in the same spirit of unity, and this same focused unity of purpose. When Peter went, and he shared with Cornelius and his family, then things began to change. But then he had to go back. He had to go back to all the guys at church, if you will, and say to them, you know what? I went to Cornelius' house. Was like, You did what? Don't you know you're not supposed to go there? God told me to go. I had to go. Let me tell you what happened. In Acts chapter 11, this is the way it's recorded for us. In Acts 11, verses 1-4, through 4, Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them? But Peter began and explained it to them in order. Then on down in verse 12, he would say this, The Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. Yes, I went. The Spirit told me to go. The Spirit told me to make no distinction there. Yes, I went. And then in verse 17 and 18, he says this, If then God gave the same gift to them as He gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And when they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Oh, yeah. yeah, Peter had to come back to church. He had to come back to the board, if you will. He had to come back to his friends and tell them where he had been, what he had done. And they were very quick to criticize him. Don't you know we're not supposed to go there? Don't you know we're not supposed to eat with them? What were you thinking? Peter said, you know, that was the discernment of God's Spirit. In the discernment of God's Spirit, he said, go. How could I not go? And as they listened to Peter, they said, then you know what? Peter, you're right. If this is of God, then we have to go too. And the beliefs lined with the behaviors and the be- beliefs and the behaviors led to being able to benefit all to work together in a spirit of cooperation to go with the gospel to all the nations. It's so much my heart to see even just our churches right here in Knox County to, to stop competing with one another and to begin cooperating with one another in this spirit of unity, in this unity of purpose to which God's called us. And for that to happen, we have to use that discernment and say, this is what we say we believe. Are our behaviors lining up with what we say we believe? And if they are, then let's work together to go and proclaim to all of the nations what God has given us. It can at times be very discouraging when people feel like, okay, God's given me this call. Is it possible at all for me to get others to come along with me? And I can tell you that sometimes it's, it's rather discouraging when you look around and sometimes you feel like I'm the only one. Can one person really make a difference? The question for us as a church is to ask that very same question. Can one church really make a difference? Can we fl- influence other churches to come along? Can we fl- influence other believers to come along and go with this same spirit of discernment? Can we do that? Can one person, one church really matter? And in all honesty and transparency, there are times when I get down and I think, I just don't think one person can make a difference anymore. I'm not sure one church can really make a difference. And I get that way sometimes. But on one occasion when I was feeling that way, God showed me how one person can truly change everything around them. I was down in Brazil. And as I was in Brazil, I was worshiping one night. I was actually going to be preaching at a church. And as we were standing there in the worship time, we began to um, we began to sing. And as is often the case, people in Brazil man, they love their music, and worship experiences are usually vibrant. And people were clapping along and with the with the songs. And I was on the front row, right over there, waiting for. My opportunity to come and bring the message God had placed on my heart. We were all just singing together, and it wasn't a large crowd. There was probably about 50 people in the church that night. But I'm sitting here, and, and Kevin, the worship leader, had us all clap to the music, you know. And he, so he, he started us off, like, you know, and everybody was following the hands. We were all clapping together. Everybody seemed to be on beat, except this one lady who I heard out of the corner of my ear over here. I was listening, and when we were here, this lady was here. And when we were here, she was here. The only one in the whole church that night clapping off beat. And I was beginning to think, you know, can you get on beat with the rest of us? Throughout the second, second verse of the song, we're still here and she's still offbeat. And finally, what I, th- you know, I thought at first, oh, that's kind of cute, she's, she's offbeat, you know, and that's kind of cute. But about the third verse, it went from cute to annoying. I was standing there thinking, really, can you not get on beat with everybody else? Everybody in the whole church is here and you're here? Can you not figure this out and get on beat? And then God showed me something. Something amazing to me that night. By the time that we got to the last verse, everybody in the church was on her beat. Every one of us had changed from our rhythm to hers. And in that moment when I was actually struggling with, can one person really matter? God said, watch this. Watch this. One person can make a difference. One person can influence others. You may be thinking this morning, you know, I, I want to be the church on God's mission. I want, us to be, I want us to move from being a monument to being a missionary I wanna I wanna I wanna move that way myself. But will it really matter? Will it make any difference whatsoever? God spoke to my spirit that night in Brazil and said, absolutely it matters. You go in the discernment of God's Holy Spirit, and you'll be the person that will make a difference. You'll be the church that will make a difference. You'll be the church that will lead the way in moving other churches from being buildings that are simply monuments to being people that are missionaries. I know without a shadow of a doubt That's why God's placed me where He has. To be a missionary to His church. To see us move from being simply monuments to being missionaries. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that that's why God's placed my family here. To be a part of a church that has no desire to build any more monuments. But has a heart for God's people to go with discernment to be His missionaries. To really be God's church on God's mission. What I want to ask you to do at this moment is something very simple this morning. Kevin's going to lead us in a song. We're going to stand together and Some of you may want to sing with him. You may want to spend this time in prayer. Some of you may want to come and just kneel or move about and pray with someone else. But the commitment time is really very simple, and it's just this. Are you ready for God to say to you, take a look at what you believe? Go back to what you believe about the gospel. Do your actions and your behaviors align with that? If not, Get on beat. Because I'm going to use you to influence others. If you want to make a commitment like that in your heart today, I really want to invite you to do that. i shared with you, I believe that's why God has our family here. Maybe you're looking for a church home, a place, a community of faith that you can come together with that could be God's church on God's mission. It's right here in this place. God can use you right here to make that difference. But would you just open your heart today and let God speak to you in that way?